stuck up here with me, and uh, we are going to have a good lesson. Uh, I don't know how long we'll go, but how about you just stick with me till the end, and that's how far we'll go. Does that work? We on board? All right. Let us stand for just one more time. I'm going to read a very from, uh, short and very familiar verses of Scripture. Uh, it is from 1 John chapter 4. Uh, verses 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us not, let us, yeah, let me start over. It doesn't say not there. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not does not know God, for God is love. And for just a few moments this morning, I want to talk on the subject of loving God loving others. Let us pray. God, we love you. We do appreciate you, God. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, in our hearts, and our minds, God. We ask you, Lord, to bless this service, Lord God. Anoint this word tonight, or today, Lord God. Anoint every person here. Anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand, God. Let us leave differently uh, from this place than when we came. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Before you're seated, look to your neighbor and tell him, I love you. Some of you, you didn't do it. You can shout it across. You don't have any sitting next to you. Say, I love you. Now, how many meant it? Just curious. All right, I guess we'll find out here in a little bit. Uh, this is February, whether you knew it or not. This is also known as the month that Valentine's Day resides or also Rachel's month. Um, this is her favorite month. If you haven't realized, the red theme will last for the entire 28 days guaranteed. Um, it's a month that we celebrate the completely fictitious and made-up holiday of Valentine's Day. And as you can already tell my, my attitude towards this horrible Hallmark holiday, um, sorry, am I putting too much out there this morning? Uh, but it is the month that we set aside, or at least most set aside, to tell the people in your life how much you love them, right? So Christy, I love you. Are we good for the month then? Do I have to still get flowers or candy? Are we good? No? Okay. We, we do that through giving what? Candy. We give it through giving chocolates, right? Cards. Uh, if you were in grade school, you had those little, you know, things you broke out of the paper and you wrote on there from Mike, and apparently that meant I loved him. I'm not sure, but it only from the person you had a crush on is when it meant something, but you gave it to everybody in the class. I don't, I don't know, but that one person you put the little heart on, right? Is that how it worked? They got the special one, right? Yeah, the sweet tarts, the candies, everything. It's, and and it's, it's all over the place. You go through Walmart or Giant Eagle, you're going to see the aisles of the seasonal goods, and it's all decked out in red and pink and hearts and everything Valentine's Day. And though it's a made-up uh, holiday, it means very little to me personally. Uh, it can serve as a reminder for all of us to show love for others. Because as Christians, as people called of God, this is exactly what we're called to do. Not just on February the 14th every single year, but on a daily basis, we are to love others. If we're going to be Christ-like, meaning that we're supposed to be like Him, we are to love each other because love is from God. And as the Scripture says, God is love. 
If we are going to know him or claim that we know him, love has to be just part of our normal uh, uh, way of life. It should just become part of us of who we are, what we do, our, our general characteristics and everything we do should come through or by the way of love. The only way we can know him is, or know God is through show, showing love one for another. Therefore, if we're going to live the life of a Christian, then we need to show love for others. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk through a couple things that can help us and remind us of the ways or how we can love others. So first, we're going to jump uh, into again in, in 1 John chapter 4 and 19. It says, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. It says, if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. There's no if, ands, or buts there, is it? For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he hasn't seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. We must remember that, that the love we show is, 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 any, is, is anything that we show or that comes from us. It's, it's not a natural thing that occurs or, or necessarily even an easy thing. We love him because... He first loved us. We can't even understand or know what love is until we've experienced that love that comes from God. We can only show the love because we experience the love from God. Otherwise, in our natural, in our carnal state, we would not have the ability or the capability of showing love. And he expects us to show that love to others. It's, but it's because he's the one who has given us that capacity to love. As, as we read in that scripture, it says it's not just a desire or an inclination, but he says this is the commandment that we have, that he who loves God must also love their brother or their sister or their friends or the people around them. That's what he's saying. He says, why? Because I loved you. Now you know how to do it. Now you know what it's all about. You must love others. In Romans 12 and 9, it goes a little bit further. It says, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. So what does that mean to love be without dissimulation? It means being without any kind of concealment not hidden. It should be done out loud. It shouldn't be just a hidden thing where I say, you know what, I, Sandy's a really, Sister Sandy's a really nice lady, and I, I love her. I, I mean, she's, she's great, and I, I'd do anything for her, but she'd never know that. Right? That's not good. She should know that I love her because I help her with whatever. I do this for her. I show her affection and I show her that I care for her well-being, right? Another translation says it this way. It says, love should, we should try to outdo one another and honor, preferring one another. should outdo one another in showing honor. Think about that. I want to go above and beyond. A lot of times people get in these relationships, and I'm not talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friend to friend, acquaintance to acquaintance. This is, this is what I'm talking about here this morning, where they get in this relationship, and it's tit for tat. You do this, so I do that. Well, you got me on the last bill, so I got to pick up on this bill, but it's got to be the exact same amount. Otherwise, you owe me $5. That's not what it's about. All you become is an accountant. 
And that's not what God called us to do. God called us to love one another, preferring one another. And I like the translation that says trying to outdo the other. Not for my sake, but just because I care about you. And I want you to know that if you went missing, I would notice. And I would care. A lot of people, they end up not coming to church because they say, well, I'm not here. Church still goes on. Nobody knows this. Trust me. We notice when you're not here. But Brother Mike, I'm not in a position. I don't, I don't, I'm not the singer. I'm not, I don't play an instrument. I'm not a son. Yeah, a lot of people aren't. There's only a few people that are. You are still, you still matter. You will be missed. And that's what love is all about, is letting them know that, hey, we care about you. Uh, our love for other is what we are to be known for. It needs to be demonstrative, but not showy. I had to dig pretty far into the source for that word showy. But I think we understand. It's, it's supposed to be demonstrative, but not for show. It's, it's not love just to say, look what I did for Bonnie. The, look, I, I got her this big gift of whatever, and it's because I like her. That's not what it's about. Consider the woman who gave the two mites. In the scripture, she went in and, and Jesus was watching them give of offerings. And they saw this one publican, I think it says, and he gave this big flowery speech and dumped loads of money into the offering plate. And it says, look at that. And then come an old lady. At least that's how my mind. She was like really old, like 40. And uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm older than that, folks. But she came up and she put in, they said, two mites, which is just very small amount of money. And she privately gave it because that's all she had and, and she gave it and, and Jesus stepped back and said which one of these two gave more and they're like well the guy who dumped you know thousands of dollars and they're like no it was the one who humbly gave everything she had she did it without notice it was demonstrative but it was to the person that she was giving it to See, it needs to be demonstrative love, but to the person that we're showing that love towards. But not, uh, but not in a way that it's a show to everyone else around. See, love doesn't need to be in front of everyone. It doesn't need to be expectable, a spectacle. It, it doesn't need to be posted on Facebook. I know we live in a world that if it do, it's not on Facebook, it didn't happen. The gym shots. I went to the gym today. Wait, you still went to the gym without a picture. My favorite one is, is of the food, right? And yes, we are guilty. You take the picture of the food. Apparently, I don't eat unless I take a picture of it. And then post it on Facebook. We don't go on vacation unless we got the album out there. Vacation didn't happen. Love is the same way. We don't need to snap a pic and post about it, right? Love is demonstrative towards the target of that affection or towards the target of that love. Our works of charity, love, and compassion are not meant to draw attention to ourselves, but rather uh, give attention to the person you are loving or you are helping. And it's not a matter of giving them attention from everybody. It's giving them my attention. I love you. Think about that. It's about giving attention to that one. And that should be done lavishly, without reserve, and with complete and total generosity. That's what love really is. And John, it goes on to say, this is my commandment that you love one, one another uh, as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, 
that a man lay down his life for his friends. We read this and we obviously immediately go to what Jesus was saying because these are Jesus' words. And he's talking about when he actually sacrifices his life for all of mankind. He says, you are my friends and no greater love than this that a man lays down his life for his friends. And he's talking about actual dying. And we look at this and we say, that's, that's true. There is no greater love than that. My question here of everybody who's here this morning, I do want a show of hands if you don't mind participating. How many of you have died for a loved one? Nobody. Oh, my goodness. Nobody's here dead? I may feel like you're dead. No, don't go. <laughs> Nobody has ever done that. So that means we don't love anybody, right? Think about what that scripture actually says. Laying down your lives. We can show this love not by only dying physically. The air stops going through my lungs and my heart stops beating. But we, go, we <clears throat> lay our lives down through denying ourselves. Sacrificing our own desires once in time. Laying down our lives. Laying down my schedule. Laying down my time. Laying down what I wanted to do today because somebody else has a need that I, that I can help out with because I love them. Right? So I can give to somebody else. I can take out their trash. Yeah, I should be at home doing this or that or I could be going home and going through Facebook or watching television or whatever it is. But instead, I'm going to take that time and go take out their trash because they need some help. Or I'm going to go take someone out to dinner because they need a companion that day. They, they need lifted up. They need encouraged that day. I, I can take my time and my money and may, maybe send them a card. Or, or maybe it's just to take my time and sit and listen to somebody without judgment, without trying to fix it. Just be there and listen. I lay down my life for somebody else. No greater love than that to say it's not about me right now it's about you and whatever it is that you need that's what i'm here for i'm going to lay it down i'm going to lay down my life i'm going to lay down my time i'm going to lay down my plans so i can show love to somebody else and matthew it goes on we can love god and love our neighbors we know this scripture very well as well. It says, as Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. How many have heard that before? That is the first and great commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all your what? Heart, your soul, and your mind. End of the Bible, right? Close it up. That's it. No, it says in verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. Verse 39 says, and the second is like unto it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. We can understand and we readily accept the expectation and uh, love for God. We are to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Love him completely with our whole self. Love Him with our emotions. Love Him with our, our physical bodies of what we do or what we don't do. Living sanctif a, a sanctified life, a holy life. And love Him uh, with, with 
and trust with our soul, our character, and to whom we trust our enduring and everlasting future with by knowing that we're going to live with him in heaven. We accept how we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Right? That's not a question. We, we, we come to church and we hear messages and we read the scriptures and we see it all the time. And we also accept that this is the first and great commandment. It makes sense to us. Right? That for us to follow him, we must have a connection to him and love him. Our, all of our actions are stemmed from that very point of beginning. Right? If we love him, we're going to keep his commandments. If we love him, we're going to talk about him and talk with him through prayer. We're going to come to church and serve him. We're going to worship him with gladness. We're going to do everything we need to do. Why? Because we love him. So we can understand that this would be the first and great commandment that we're not going to steal. We're not going to lie. We're not going to covet. We're not going to uh, uh, kill. We're not, we're, we are going to honor our mother. and We're going to follow everything. Why? Because we love him. That is why this is the first and great commandment. But we often fail to realize that the second commandment is like unto it. What does that mean? That means it's very similar in how it's constructed, and it's similar to how much we should follow it. It's like it in its primacy. Meaning that it must be done first so that everything else we do is predicated upon it. Just like loving God, we've got to do that first and then everything else follows in our, in our walk with God. The second commandment is just like that. We've got to do that first and then everything else just lines up behind it. In fact, in the very next verse, in verse 40, it says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is some pretty important stuff. These are commandments, like I said, of primacy. It's what all the laws are hung on. It's what we need to do to fulfill all the laws, all the actions, all the to-dos and all the to-don'ts of the Bible. We need to love God, but we also need to love the neighbors as ourselves. I love this scripture. There's so much to unpack with this one scripture, and we probably don't have time to do it all, but... We're going to try a little bit, all right? There's so much in here. I love this for several reasons. Once, it is so simplistic. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've been hearing it since Sunday school and probably even primary school. Like, you, you hear this everywhere. Love, do unto others as you do unto others. The golden rule, right? Love your neighbors as yourself. It, just, has anybody, is this the first time you've ever heard of that? No? You've all heard this before, right? This isn't new, right? Love your neighbors as yourself. So what does that mean? It, it is so simplistic, but also one of the most difficult things to do. It's not natural for us. You see, when I love myself, what does that mean? When I'm hungry, I'm going to go find something to eat. If I'm thirsty, I'm going to go find myself something to drink. Pardon me. Right? If I need something, I'm going to find a way to the best of my ability to find a way to fulfill that need. Why? Because I love me. Right? 
I know everybody loves Everly too. Everybody's looking at Everly. Yep, you're cute. Okay. I love me. I don't want me to go without. I don't want to be hungry. Anybody? No? I don't want to be thirsty. I don't want to go without. I don't want to be homeless. Right? I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be hot. I want to be perfect. And Christy will tell you I am. If you all would have seen that look. (laughs) Why? Because I love myself and I don't want myself to go without a need. I don't want to be neglected. I don't want to go without a need or even a want for that matter, right? Because I love myself. I care about me. I want to take care of me. If I love my neighbor as myself, I should use the same drive, the same veracity to fulfill the needs of others as I do to fill my own needs. Who? I need to love them as I love myself. If I see somebody hungry, I'm hungry. I should go fill that need. If I see somebody thirsty, that means I'm thirsty. I need to go fill that need. If I need to see someone with the, who's cold and needs a coat, I'm cold. I need to go get a coat. I need to go find them to fulfill that need. Whatever it is, I should be loving people as myself. But I love how it goes even a little bit more specific, and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Why would he make a law of primacy, something that he'll hang all the laws of the prophets in the Bible upon, the second great commandment, and he specifies your neighbor? Why? I mean, this is talking about global impacts. But he says, love your neighbor. Why? My neighbor are those within my circle of reach. It's a personal responsibility. There are people in my life that I have access to, whose life I have influence in, that nobody else in this church has. I have a sphere of influence around me that Sister White doesn't have. And Sister White has a sphere of influence around her that I don't have. Of folks of people that she communicates with, that she talks to, that she interacts with, that I will never, ever talk to in my life. And I have people around me that you will never, ever talk to, and you're welcome for that. Because some of the people I talk to, you probably don't want to. And those of you in retail, there's a lot of people that you talk to that I don't want to talk to. (laughs) Just go to Walmart. Um, God still loves them, but I'm glad they're not my neighbor. Anyway, no, no, that's wrong for me to say. (laughs) But there are people that I meet, that I talk to, that I encounter with, that nobody else does. Those are my neighbors. We're not, God's not asking you to go search and go out here and find the, every, no. It says, look around you. Who needs something? Who can I show the love of God towards? Who, who can I help? Who can I pay attention to? Who can I take notice of? Who can I show them that somebody in this world cares about them? It's not hard to find. You just have to look around. Oh, who's around you? Love your neighbors. God wants us to focus on those that we can reach. So many times we get into this, to this thought pattern of, I can't help everybody. So I'm going to help nobody. Look around. There's somebody around you that you can help. 
there's somebody around that you can show the love of God towards. God wants us to help those who we can reach. It's okay to do the mission giving and, and, and to, to help those that are in the far reaches of the corner of the world. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not necessary and it's good when we have missionaries come in and they go to you know, these, these countries that are third world countries that you know, we're trying to build a school or give them socks or you know, whatever it is that they need. Those are all great things. But never should that replace what we're doing with our own neighbors. So many people get into that aspect of, oh, I'm just going to send the money in. I'm just going to send the donation in. I'm just going to go and it's going to help those people way over wherever. And they forget about the people in their own community. In their own sphere of influence. The people they meet and talk to every day. It should never replace the fact that we are here to help and serve the needs of those people right next to us. Open your eyes. Let God open your eyes and see what you can do through him. And then lastly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you knew I was coming here, right? The love chapter of the Bible. We're going to read just a few verses. It says, charity, which you can replace with the word love. It says, suffereth long and is kind. Charity, envieth not. Charity, vaunteth not itself. And I always read that in the, in the, in the, in, in the voice of Dracula. I, it's just me. Vaunteth not itself. Sorry, you get a little insight into where my brain goes. Uh, it's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Uh, Seek it's not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. We've all heard the scripture, I'm, I'm sure of it, have heard what love is. It's called the love chapter of the Bible. It defines really what we mean when we say love and how it's supposed to act and interact with those around us. It's long-suffering, meaning it forgives easily, right? I remember growing up, we had a youth service, and uh, Sister Pat Donaldson was our, our, our youth leader, and uh, she was teaching about what long-suffering is, and I will never, ever forget how she taught it. This is what long-suffering is. Long-suffering should be read this way. It is long-suffering. Long-suffering. Get the picture. Not even a smile. You'll never forget it now either, will you? Long-suffering. It doesn't ever give up, right? It continues. It's not just long-suffering. It's long-suffering. It forgives easily. It doesn't hold a grudge, right? It's kind. It gives mercy first. Boy, you could preach a whole message just on that part. It gives mercy first. That's what kindness really is. I think mercy first. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to think mercy. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to think mercy. Does not envy. It's not jealous, but giving of, of favor to others. Right? When something goes well for somebody, be genuinely happy for them. I know that's hard, right? To when you see somebody have a new hairdo or a new dress to say, hey, you look pretty in that dress. And mean it. Nice car. 
Wish I had one. Get a new job because look at that nice new outfit. No, just be happy they were able to do something. Something worked out. You got a promotion. What did they have to do to get that promotion? Ooh, maybe I'm stepping on a few toes on that. I'm telling you, it's okay to be happy for people and to let them know about it and to mean it. There's plenty to go around. One person's success doesn't mean you failed somewhere. All right? All right, I won't go much more on that. Not envy. Love is not boastful. It's not a show. Or is my dad's favorite word or one of his favorite words that he makes up, braggadocious. I actually looked this up on Google. It was a word on Google, but Microsoft Word said, I don't know what that word is. So I don't know if it's a real word or not, but does everybody know what braggadocious means? Yeah. All right, it works in Ohio then. It's not boastful. It's not showy, right? It's, it's not to put on a show. It's genuine love. It's not, it is not inappropriate in any way. It's never forced on somebody, nor does it cross any lines of decorum. So many people can be over-affectionate, right? And if it's unwelcome, guess what? It's not love. It's you trying to get something for yourself. But my, 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 I'm not trying to sexually harass anybody. No, that's not what I'm talking about. If somebody's uncomfortable with whatever you're doing, you may not even be touching them. It's too much. I know of a situation where somebody was truly trying to help them and did a chore that they just thought that would needed to be done. And the person took a great offense to it because they didn't want the help. Guess what? That was too much. Did the person do anything wrong? Absolutely not. They helped him out. Did a favor for him. But they didn't want it. True love, true love is never inappropriate. It never crosses any lines. True love doesn't look for its own or my own benefit, but always looks for the benefit of others. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not easily provoked. Not only, as we said, does love provide mercy first, but love also provides grace to others. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. If I've been saved by grace, if God has given me grace, how much more grace should we give to others? It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It gives people the benefit of the doubt and doesn't think the worst of others or their intentions. I'm going to let that one sit for just a moment. Love thinks no evil. A lot of times we think of that going, well, that means I have to have pure thoughts. That's not what this entails. That means when I'm interacting with somebody, I'm not thinking, what's their angle? How are they going to try to get me over on this one? Well, they're just doing this because that's not what love is. Love says, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume your intentions are pure. I'm going to assume that you're being kind. Yeah, are we going to get burned? Yep. Are you going to get hurt? Probably. There will come a time. 
But love goes through it all. True love. True love. God's love. It thinks no evil. It doesn't take pleasure in wrongdoing, but instead enjoys following the truth and the word of God and his statutes. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What love is, is a constant, continuous entrusting of one's faith in others and in God. What love boils down to is I'm going to trust you that you have the right thing in mind. Is that always going to be the case? No, we deal with humans. They're, they, they, they do make mistakes. How many in here has ever made a mistake? Yeah. How many here has ever hurt somebody? Either knowingly or unknowingly. Yep, it happens. We're not perfect. Either the people you're going to love. But love endures all things. Hopes all things. Hope. Oh, I hope they get better. I hope they learn from this. Oh, I hope. The next time, right? It's entrusting your faith in others, but also in God. That God sees it all. And that no matter what happens to us, we have someone to turn to and say, God, I know you never fail. That's what real love is. When you look at all those descriptors in that scriptures there of 1 Corinthians Look at it holistically and, and figure out what does this describe? When you put it all together in a package and put a checklist out there and say, what are the characteristics that it's really describing? And if you really look at it, it sounds exactly how God is with each and every one of us. And this is why in First John of our opening scripture, it can read, he that loves not does not know God because God is love. We know what love is because we know who God is. God is love. I mean, think about it. He forgives easily. He does mercy first. He's never jealous, but, but he's, he's always in favor of us doing well. He's never boastful. If anybody could be boastful, it would be God. And he's not. He's never inappropriate. He never forces himself on anybody or any situation. He doesn't look for his own benefit, but always blessing us. He's not provoked, meaning he provides grace for us. He doesn't think evil about us, but he gives us the benefit of that. How many times have we failed God? And he keeps taking us back. He takes us back. I know you're going to do better the next time. I know if I just give you another chance. He doesn't take pleasure in wrongdoing. He bears us. He believes in us. He hopes for us. He endures for us. God is love. If you're ever in doubt of what am I supposed to be doing in my life or for others, all we have to do is look to Him. What has He done for me? How can I do that for somebody else? Can we stand this morning? Love is not a one-day activity or event. It's not just a fun party or a date night when you let somebody know how much you love them. 
anybody who's been in a relationship, a marriage, or a romantic relationship know that you tell somebody I love you once, that's not the end. <laughs> they expect more from that. Like I joke frequently, when you, when you get married and you say I do, it's an incomplete sentence. You're not sure what you're saying I do too. Yeah, there's the vows, but trust me, there's a lot more things that come up in 10, 15, almost 20 years for me now. It's not a one-day activity. It's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifestyle we must adopt in order to be known of Him. In John, it says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to be known of God? Do you really want to do what God has called you to do? Then we must show this love constantly and consistently. Remember, Jesus died for everyone. Meaning he loves everyone. Even that person who you don't like, God loves them and died for them. Even that person who cut you off in traffic, God loves them. And died for them. While we don't want to show love to, to one another just one day per year on this fake holiday, it can still serve a reminder for us that we need to love one another. So when you're walking down that aisle and you see all the pink hearts and everything, you're like, well, maybe I don't have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband and wife. Don't, don't, don't worry about that all, any, at all because it's a fake holiday anyway. All right? You're saving money. Trust me. But you can walk down and say, you know what? This can remind me of that God loves me. I love him, which means I've got to find somebody else to show his love towards. Look for that occasion to love others as God has loved you. When you didn't deserve it, remember God loved you. When you didn't expect it, God loved you. God gave his love to you. Be God's love in someone else's life this month. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you. We do appreciate you, God. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the love that you showed us, Lord God. We didn't deserve it. We didn't expect it, God, but we know you gave it freely. God, as we leave this place, Lord, let us find somebody and somewhere that we can show forth your love. God, that we can give what you've given to us, Lord God. And then keep your hand of protection on each and every one of us, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord. Keep us mindful of your word and bring us back at the next time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands and be friendly.